Hello everyone and thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films. Whether you're a first time listener or a long time listener, like I state in every episode, it means the world. Thank you for clicking, for spinning, for sharing. Thank you so, so much for checking out this episode. You have to hand it to Legendary when it comes to their work with the MonsterVerse because they've taken their time and released some stunning, stunning cinema. Visually, anyways, the films have always been gorgeous to look at, even if the storylines haven't been the best. But of course, I may be slightly biased considering I adore Godzilla. Any feature that involves him will have me there on release date, which is why when Apple announced they were developing a TV series surrounding Monarch and the MonsterVerse, I was pretty excited as Apple seemed to do things right when it comes to TV series. A lot of my friends do stand by the sentiment that Apple TV is the king of streaming services. But the big question is, would a Monarch TV series succeed? Well, two episodes have now premiered that we can sink our monster-like teeth in, and I have to say, I am mostly impressed with this show. There are things that, of course, aren't exactly working, or that, that don't fully work, I should say. Some of the acting could be a little bit hit and miss, but I'm just quite enjoying the dual narrative with the timelines, and of course, just diving further into this world and learning more developments regarding Monarch, and how we got to where we are now with the likes of Godzilla vs. Kong and that it's just accepted that monsters exist in our world. Now, the first two episodes are shrouded with mystery, deceit and wonder, but it all really does have me excited for what the show will bring with these 10 episodes. But of course, before we do dive any further into this podcast review, this episode is available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts, as to RSS.com. If you jump onto Facebook and Instagram, give us a like and follow on there, searching Joe Blogs About Films. Wherever it is that you are listening to the podcast from, if you could too, hit the notification button so you'll be notified when new episodes are uploaded. And finally, leave us a review whilst you're there. That would be amazing. Five stars, four stars, whatever stars, I don't mind. If you could just hit that button, that would be tip top. Set after the battle between Godzilla and the Titans in 2014 and revealing that monsters are real, Monarch Legacy of Monsters follows one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy linking them to Monarch. Now I'm kind of seeing this episode as like a part one review because I don't think I'm going to be doing these each week but I really want to just dive in, give my initial thoughts following the show's debut, the first two episodes and I'm sure that once the series has finished we will discuss further but i've always liked monarch as an idea for an organization you know introduced in the 2014 godzilla's film they were a great way to bring in the audience into a familiar yet vastly different view of the world and the creatures that inhabit it and for me i felt there wasn't much more really to dive into about monarch following these films but i was wrong <laughs> clearly i was wrong because there seems to be further secrets that the audience and fans are unaware of now this series does a great job of sandwiching itself between different parts of history that you still feel a lot of mystery is about and surrounding this organization and what exactly they do seen as it is set in 2015 you know so we aren't yet to see the likes of mothra Ghidorah, or Rodan for another few years but we do know that monarch have been operating for a, a, a huge amount of time you know what i mean and even still past the point of Godzilla's first arrival in 2014, there's all those years, obviously, of them tracking him, following him, up until the arrival again in 2018, 2017, 2018, whichever year it was when he fought off Rodin, this, that, and the other. There's all that time as well to see what they've been up to. But like I say, it's just that it's allowing us then to still be a part of that cloud of mystery about 
who exactly Monarch are and what they do, especially as I say from outsiders looking in. Because just obviously as we've been touching on there, I've I, I've not really enjoyed how further progressed Monarch have become in the likes of you know with King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong. I did prefer it when we didn't know much about them and you know we were just drip fed pockets of info, if any information that is about the organization as like they did in those first couple of films within Legendary's MonsterVerse. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't ever have told us what was what, you know, because that would have been very infuriating. But it just seems that once the audience and fans got to see fully behind the looking glass, it certainly took a little bit of something away from the franchise. For me, anyways, others might might disagree, but for me, I felt like that that was part of the excitement, learning more, learning more. And then it was almost like, right, well, we've got to a point now where the monsters are out. Monarch's just this organisation with lots of tech, gizmo, gadgets. There we go. I just felt like they're just... I don't know, it was lacking something. It, almost, it all just felt a little bit stale, especially with King of the Monsters and then Godzilla vs. Kong, which is why I think I'm enjoying this series so more, because that interest that I had lost you know, with the human side of the characters within Monarch, because I, I just I just want to see what the monsters were up to, you know, I, did, I wasn't bothered past that point then, I just want to see what Godzilla was going to be getting up to, but this series has just definitely relit that old fire, and just like with Ken Watanabe's character in the first Godzilla film and everything kicking off with the arrival of Godzilla, this show really does keep you on your toes with Monarch and keeps you at the edge of your seat with revelation after revelation as they are unraveled you know what i mean and we learn more about monsters within our world it's actually like when you think about it, it is a really great thing that the writing team have been able to do and get that mysterious vibe back that we had all those years ago like it doesn't feel gimmicky in any way or slow paced seeing as that we do know that monsters are real but it just gives us a real deep dive into that period of time be that the 50s or the 2000s where people are just gradually learning that monsters do exist. And I'm I'm all here for that, you know what I mean? Because there's some really cool moments and cool pockets of details where the actress Anna Sawaya's character, Kate Randa, you know, she arrives in Japan and they have to, like, decontaminate the plane before passengers exit. Or there's obviously, like, Godzilla signs here and there pointing where the evacuation points are in the airport. Or, like, when she gets in a taxi and the driver is saying that the whole country has gone mad with defences and shelters in case Godzilla arrives. And he is claiming that... It's all a hoax, you know, that the footage of Godzilla from Manhattan was just CGI, you know, it wasn't real. Stuff like this, I I, I really liked, because it's perfectly human, you know, it's people would dismiss the events as a hoax and wouldn't fully believe what they were being told or what they were being shown. It just aided in that world building, you know, which at times the films haven't always managed to get right. But seeing as we are talking about the cast, so far I can't say that anyone's really been uninspiring or boring to watch granted yeah there's a few moments where the acting's not tip-top but you can't have everything the cast is littered with some real talent at the end of the day most notably is that we have the russell family part of it wyatt and kurt respectively playing the same character but from different periods of time and both doing a really cracking job in the role of lee shaw he's a lieutenant obviously that's due to a scuffle within the army he's then sent to watch over Dr. Kikiomura's investigation surrounding the monsters, essentially. And we also have Mari Yamamoto, who plays Dr. Mura, and Andre's home playing Bill Randa alongside Wyatt Russell in the 50s storyline. And these three are really brilliant together. I will say that they have a fantastic balance and chemistry, which is dead on, that you feel that you are just watching three friends go monster hunting. We get different periods of time with that, obviously, when they're well-established working together and when they're first meeting to then become working together. 
all of those segments that we've seen of them together has been really, really enthralling. And there's something about this side of the story that really took me back to watching the Godzilla animated series that was released alongside the infamous 1998 TriStar film. Like, there's just something about these three together that just feels like they're genuine monster hunters that I feel like I am getting a live-action version of that show that I really loved, and I, and, I, and I love that. I really do love that. And that's a quick shout as well that if you've never seen the Godzilla animated series... Get on YouTube. It's all on there. It's very, very good. Of course, though, as I mentioned, this is within the 50s. This storyline, these this cast members, they're all part of the 50s. And I think there is real great potential for great development with that storyline, especially seeing as the Andreas home, he's playing Bill Rander. That's the same character that John Goodman played in Skull Island. And I think that there's a good amount of blanks that are going to be filled in around that character's background and life up, on, up until his arrival on Skull Island, which, again... That has me very excited. But in the present, as I've already mentioned, we have Anna Sawyer's Kate Rander, who is sorting out her father's affairs following his passing. And she's also a G-Day survivor who was on the Manhattan Bridge, I believe it was, when Godzilla came barging his way through. And, and she's suffering from PTSD, understandably. Now, I will say, though, with this storyline of her finding out that her father had a secret family outside of her and her mum, it did take me a while to buy into. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was odd. I mean... I'll say that you don't see this kind of storyline often. So I guess that is where that jarring aspect of it comes in. But it's different. It's new. It's a new take. And I think that, again, I don't know. There was, this, there was elements to it that I was like, okay, I'm starting to warm to it. But again, I think that it's down to the script writing itself that why I, I did buy into it eventually. Like, that shift and bringing in Ren Watabe's Kentaro Randa, that's essentially a half-brother, just pushes them further into the lies and mysteries surrounding their father and the ties that he has with Monarch. There's obviously a wider picture here, but I'm not sure why that would mean that he would then have two families due to this. But again, aside from the strangeness there, the dynamic and performances, they do feel very real between those these two siblings finding out they are siblings you know i think that is really really great and it's just really lovely to watch in a way of them uncover this and they're working alongside obviously kiersey clemens as character may who too is a great addition to the squad and again i'm i'm looking for i'm interested because they're the ones that are kind of deep diving further into monarch they've got monarch on their tail what are they going to uncover they've met kurt russell now obviously as well what it, it just felt like the first two episodes it was a good shout for apple to release the two episodes together because it did feel like it was just setting up for a real real shift in momentum with pacing anyways not saying there was a problem with the pacing but i felt like these first two episodes would like they could have been like one long film you know one extended episode but i'm glad that they did split them still very very exciting but with both sets of cast members there is just a sense of realism and authenticity to them that you you just don't always get from these kind of stories, you know? Like, there's no silly decisions, as it stands anyways, but a lot of things with the characters you are able to resonate with, which, again, like I say, is a remarkable feat. Now, obviously, there's still a long way to go with the show. However, it's these first two episodes, if they're anything to go by... I really am excited for what's to come next, and I think that it could be one of the better parts of the monster verse. you know what I mean? Because I'm not saying that it's ran its course or anything, I'm excited to see, but... I have reservations about the next Godzilla and Kong film. I kind of just want them to just settle down a little bit and just focus on just one... You know what I mean? We don't always have to have a Godzilla and a Kong film. Why don't we just have a Godzilla film? Why don't we just have a Kong film? You know what I mean? Like, let's just, just strip it back. And I think this series is going to do that. It has been really great seeing Skull Island again briefly within the show. Obviously, John Goodman's 
really great opening which was straight in at the deep end you know what i mean and all of the sequences you know with kate and her flashbacks to g-day they're extraordinary to watch like the pouring rain gunfire that setting you know really really good the blast you know while godzilla is roaring his head off it, it looks fantastic and you feel like you're watching a movie that's been made for the small screen and it is worth mentioning here probably that the effects look really great too you know the the onset location and practical effects are all very very stellar you know some of the scenery is absolutely stunning episode two has got some great sequences in the philippines which really are great and it's just nice it's a nice feeling talking positive about the monsterverse again i've reviewed and revisited every monsterverse film and i've always got positive words to say granted there are the ones i'm not too fussed about but i'll always find some positive things to say but i've not really like taken to you know in, in not taken to but it, it, what skull island and what godzilla 2014 did was just remarkable and i don't think they've been able to emulate and capture that again that is until this TV series, I would say. Because it is nice talking positive, as I say, about the Monsterverse, but it is a TV show and an idea that could turn people off straight away because you've taken the one thing that most people, most critics and fans don't like or, you know, what they don't like about the Monsterverse, and that's the human story. And basically you've stretched that out for 10 episodes, you know. I know that that is probably going to turn folks away or off. However, the writing... And suspense and mystery is what really draws you in, and you just sat there like, I have no idea what's, I have no idea where this is going or what's going to come next, but I'm sure as hell going to tune in each week to see. Thank you as always, though, for listening to this podcast. It really is appreciated. I'll be back with another review, new revisit, whenever it is. It will be online, due course. But as always, thank you for your support. It means the absolute world. Until the next episode, take care. <laughs>